I'm super proud to bring you Chorizo Funk, my friend Eddie, who I've known for over a decade and moving on the second decade. And I did, he needs the introduction because there's so many accolades here. And we have four-time Best of Austin DJ with Austin Music Awards. No? Austin Chronicle. Austin Chronicle. And then 2020 Austin Music Award. And by the time this comes out, it'll be the second time 2022 Austin Music 2023. Award. 2023. I don't even. <laughs> time. What is it? Flat circle. We don't know. Uh, you were the 2021 inaugural stadium DJ for Austin FC. What does right. FC even stand for? Fire clan? Uh, what football is it? club. Cool. Um, <laughs> and I actually, Sports. I, for the record, exactly. For the record, I do prefer soccer. I could actually watch a game of soccer more than I watch a game of football. Like, I, and I, I love Ted Lasso. Fuego, you work with Fuego. Fuego ATX. Fuego correct, ATX. Correct. Uh, and you fucking, you guys have lost your shit to Body Rock. I, I, I have, I have looked at, I've been there, and but I also look at pictures and videos. You're sweating, your booty sweat, there and loved. It's accepted, and we, and he did that to you. Like your ass was sweating. Look, that, responsible for it. And um, also, someone I admire deeply. I've watched this journey. I'm gonna, we're going to get into that. Like You're going to be like, wow, that's like a long time. This is like some frog and toad shit. And it is. And I love him so much. Again, Teresa Funk, thank you for thank you. sitting with us today. Hey. Um, you know, Beats Within is about the conception of this was, you know, we were talking with Christina and our friend Mike. And then Ben came into it. But it was about, let's, we've been here for so long. We've been doing it. We want to talk about the culture. We want to talk about this. I, we're obsessed with subcultures also. Like that is like one of my main obsessions is any type of subculture you can get into. I mean, like even if it's a furry aspect, I'm like, tell me everything. Yeah. Um, and so this was like, the, you know, the point of it is like talking about your journey and what you've learned and, you know, where you're going, where you've been, all of this shit. So this is what we're going to talk about. And sometimes Great. maybe a ghost story or an alien story, which I love. So prepare. Uh, let's talk about beginnings. So All right, let's talk about it. I need y'all to know that we both worked at Apple in 2005, 2006. When did you actually get into Austin? I got to Austin in fall of 98. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. From El Paso? No, from, uh, the Panhandle, Texas Panhandle. Is that, Canyon, where, Texas. You're, is that where you're from? The yeah, that's where I went to school. Okay. I was born in El Paso. Okay. All my family was like there. Right. I'd spend a lot of time there, but I actually went to school up in the Panhandle. Okay. Which school was that? Canyon High School. Okay. I don't even understand the Panhandle. I've never been there. Um, not a lot going on. Not a lot to go down there. But what is, <laughs> tell me something phenomenal about the Panhandle. Like, what would draw me in? Uh, I would say the, in my opinion, you know, some might get a little mad at me, but I think the only thing <laughs> in the Panhandle fight us, fight us about is it. <laughs> uh, Paladuro Canyon, Paladuro yeah. Canyon. I was wondering, like, that was, yeah. like, you know, like, the, that, the that's nature, where it's at. right? Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. I think, like, isn't there also, like, one of the tallest mountains, like, out there, too? Is that near the Panhandle? There's no mountains. Okay, it's no, plains. It's fucking plains. Yeah. But El Paso, also, like, and I've talked with this with Omar, Kid Monks, about how any time I meet somebody from El Paso, I'm like, salt of the earth. Like, y'all are good fucking people. Yeah. And then there was this thing, too, that Omar had told me a long time ago. He's like, any time you meet somebody from El Paso, they're usually in pairs. Like, did you come here with anybody from, do you, did you know anybody with El Paso when you got no, here? No, I didn't. I mean, coming, because I was going to school in the yeah, Panhandle right. in a small town, Canyon, Texas. Uh, 
I don't think there was anyone from my school that was coming here. So I was just completely like solo. Like I drove here solo. You were, you were like moved in solo. <laughs> graduation hat on. You're just like, fucking let's go. Dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was ready. How I was did out. you know that you wanted to be in Austin? What was it that brought um, you? So I actually had a cousin that was going to school here uh, when I was in high school. And she was here finishing up. And I came to visit. And then after that, she moved to Houston when she graduated. And I also went to go visit her at, uh, in Houston to go mm-hmm. check out U of H. Uh, and it was between, you know, U of H and, and UT. Which Houston we love as well. I love Houston. But yeah. Austin late 90s was, I mean, it is. this is still a magical city, but Austin late 90s was this, un, like, I graduated in 98, and I remember, like, getting into the rave scene in, like, 97, and coming, we would come here every once in a while, I was like, I fucking love this town, I'm from San Antonio, and, like, I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, it was deeply felt. And the thing about Austin, too, is that, like, I feel like if you're meant to be here, it'll always find a way to keep you here. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter what, like, if I was, like, I don't have a fucking job, like, I'm trying to figure it out, like, something would always kind of come along and keep me in the city. So... Were you, like, going to any parties here? Or was it just the vibe overall? No, it was just uh, school, you know, at that yeah. point. I was just, like, uh, I mean, at that point, coming from, you know, the panhandle, uh, I didn't know really anything about nightlife. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I didn't really know that much, like, about, like, I mean, I loved, uh, like, hip-hop and R&B at the time. Right. So, you know, I was a big fan of that. But, like, in terms of, like, DJs and club culture and all that other stuff, I didn't, I hadn't been to a club yet. That is so interesting because when you sound like, oh, little, 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 little babe. And when I met you, like, that was still very much an innocence of an energy there. Like, you were working, and I think, like, the IT support Yeah, tech support. Part, yeah, and tech I was working support. in customer support. And I remember, mm-hmm. like, I think, I can only imagine, I know the moment that we had a discussion about your next steps, which was DJing, and... It was near the entrance of Apple, and I was coming down. I looked beat, of course, because I was probably fucking getting yelled at for somebody's, like, three-year-old child's iPod that was late <laughs> being delivered during Christmas. Like, fuck them. And, like, uh, you were beat, too, from fucking telling somebody no. How to this, turn on the computer. Right. The CD-ROM <laughs> is not a donut holder, which actually was a thing that somebody thought. And we were like, fuck. And out you, you In were, a, the cubicle life, you know. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it was like, you know, what do you want to do? And you were like... I want a DJ. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, really? And you, were, and you had at that point so much vinyl. Right? Yeah, I, I was starting to buy vinyl like, already at that point. At yeah. that point, right. Because mm-hmm. I know that like the next thing that happened was after you started DJing, it was when Serato came out and you were like, now I have to take all of my vinyl and run it into <laughs> Serato. So were you, doing, were you DJing and bringing your vinyl to the club? Or did you immediately start DJing when the Serato came out and you were like, now it's time to feed it in? So, I pretty, like when I started, <clears throat> um, it was all vinyl at that point. Mm-hmm. And shortly after I started, it definitely kind of took me a while to kind of like get into like clubs. So there was definitely like a few years where, you know, I was like practicing and maybe do like a house party mm-hmm, or, you know, mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. friend of a friend kind of like thing. And at that point, you know, I was really, I was pretty like, hardcore about like DJ culture like coming from like the hip hop DJ right. background so it was like no like Serato like is is whack you know whatever yeah, of course, like, right, right, you know right. people need to earn it like this and that and whatever yeah. whatever oh the fidelity you know the records just sound like so much better and right. you know like all these like kind of like ideas that were happening whenever like this new kind of technology 
was coming in and I, that was the kind of the reaction I had right. with a little bit of time like a few years I was like okay like I'll I'll incorporate it, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll let me like check it out, you yeah. know, and I started to kind of like, you know, get more, uh, learn more of, of the technology at the time. Uh, so it was kind of like a gradual progression to right. like get into that. And it's also the back, right? The back pains. So you're like, hold on. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> carrying records, you know, to a gig and, you know, turntables and mixer and sometimes speakers, you know, that is a lot. And yeah, you know, so I, I have that experience of like doing it and that's how I kind of started. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's the, the convenience now is just like, you know, amazing. Yeah, right. No, yes. <laughs> Which, you know, has its uh, positives and negatives. Right. And um, even now, like as Pioneer has released Rekordbox, right? Like where you have, you don't even, you know, bring your laptop places. Like I would still, if I were to play out because I haven't had that much experience on Rekordbox with the waveforms screens on it I would still have to use my laptop and like understand that but it's crazy how it's like we'll just bring your thumb drive yeah yeah, yeah. I mean and I'm not a record box DJ myself yeah so I still have to have a computer of some I sort mean, but like even it. still like a big visual yeah <laughs> you know like I, I'm I, I'm I've just kind of been in that mode like yeah. you know the the school of DJing I came from was always like yeah you have you know all your music available you know on your right. laptop versus like record box where it's like all right you have you're making playlists and that kind of thing um, but, uh, but the idea of just going somewhere with like literally a thumb drive, that is amazing. Right. But also you can lose <laughs> that thumb drive and know people who I mean, are like, I'm, yeah. I have exclusives nobody else has on here and now I've left it in like Multiple London. friends right. at the end of the night, <laughs> you know, whenever, you know, the end of the night has been a long night and, totally. uh, the thumb drives sometimes go missing. It's funny about like the attitude also that you mentioned with like, you know, I feel like that point of time, everything was like, you gotta be hardcore. And there's so much happening too, right? Like there was like, B-Boying was like that, right? Like breakdancing was like that. Like you had to do it a certain way or else you weren't this. Backpack rap, it has to be a lot of lyrical. Rules. So many rules. A lot of rules. And I don't think that that same attitude has carried over, which is good because you have more freedom as an artist, right? You're not constricted. Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, for myself, uh, you know, I was coming up with like a lot of rules, a lot of pressure, a lot yeah. of like, you know, impress your peers. Right. Uh, and, you know, there's a, a right way to do it, you know, yeah. all these other things. And, you know, like because of that pressure and because of all those things, like all that, like it, it did make me a better DJ. For sure. And so because I spent so much time like, you yeah. know, practicing and like there was like all these kind of like, you know, rites of passage you kind of had to go through. Yeah. And so like the positive of that is that it did make me like technically like really, really strong. Yeah. And so now, you know, it's like I have that base. I have those skills. I, I know all those things. Uh, and so now whenever like all the new technologies here is just like, I feel like I can just like take off. Right. You know, yeah. and yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, like this is like super convenient or whatever, whatever. You can take advantage of all of the, the aspects of the digital DJing world that you can't, you know, replicate, you know, with vinyl. And so, you know, it, it, there's, you know, with a lot of things, like there's pluses and minuses, you know, totally. um, you know, because of all, all of that, that pressure, it, it, luckily I didn't break yeah, <laughs> under the yeah. pressure, right. which is definitely possible, but I didn't. And, uh, yeah, like I cut my teeth, you know, through that way. And so, you know, like I, um, you know, it, it was just a really solid like foundation. It was hard. Like we were even having like a uh, discourse over jeans at that point. Cause it yeah. was like the flip to, from like 
hip hop baggy jeans to tight jeans and like Lil Wayne brought that back. He forged so many paths for us. <laughs> you know, probably face tattoos as well. It's like where he's like, if you have a face tattoo, thank Lil Wayne, I think. Um, what was your first gig? Was it house party or was it club? House party, for sure. What was, whose house party? Um, I think, I think it was a friend, uh, Juan and Randy. I think they had moved into their apartment, you know, recently. Love. And they were like, you know, hey, you know, you're DJing, bro. Like, duh, duh, duh. How did you meet you them? Know? Was it Apple or was uh, it? It was actually through uh, when I was at uh, when I was at UT. There was like a big kind of friend group uh, that kind of formed out of yeah. uh, Mecha. Mecha was like this politically active Chicano-based student organization, sure. and there was like a big kind of friend group that kind of like we all kind of befriended each other, and so it, it was like. Uh, Juan, I, uh, I met through that kind of group. Um, and yeah, so it was just like, you know, a house party. And at that point, you know, it was mostly like records that I had kind of like a lot of like records from like Goodwill. Like I was really kind of like starting out, which you is know? hard to find good records at Goodwill. Yeah. I, I, I think, I don't know, there. maybe, I don't know if it was like back then, like if it really was easier or if it was just like I, I was just it. starting out, yeah. you know, so it was Half like, and, books, goodwill, but that was definitely, there. you know, I definitely had like some records like from there. So yeah, it was just like, you know, whatever I kind of had, yeah. you know, um, party rocking selector. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, trying to party rock, you know, right, like right, it was beginning, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. beginning, beginning, really basic, you know, mixer about like, I don't know, it was like a 50, $75 mixer, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, and it was kind of like that way for like for a little while, like I would say, or then, you know, there was friends that I knew that were like part of like nonprofit organizations or whatever, whatever. So maybe like a benefit, you yeah, know, right. and that kind of thing. And that was kind of like the beginning. Where did you go to school for? Um, so I actually have a bachelor's in social work. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, I know. Like my mom, she had a, she got her bachelor's in, in what is social work? What's the, uh, what is it called? Not socialist, but she also was one. She was brown beret and fucking, I remember like, oh, I had, okay. like yeah, right. like old so, like, school fucking socialist, like communism flags. And my, yeah, like, yeah. So part of like the Chicano movement. I don't eat grapes. <laughs> because when I was eight, she showed me the documentary Grapes of Wrath, which mm -hmm. is about the migrant farm workers and how the pesticides was making uh, malformed babies with like no arms and legs. And so like that was 1988. I swear to you, I've only bought like three bunches of grapes since then. And whenever I eat them, I'm like, oh, I'm fucking, I can't finish this bag. Like it's yeah. like, it's so ingrained, right? Like, yeah, I remember like the art where it was like, uh, what was the, the brand of, um, of uh was it grapes i believe where like they had like a, a skeleton like kind of like on the artwork like it was like yeah. a political cartoon yeah. Yeah. of it you know it's yeah. like you know they're yeah so it's like in this is also like you've carried over like you've never abandoned that you've carried over right yeah definitely like, yeah even with fuego atx right like that's a very right. community oriented you know empowering uh collective mm -hmm. what was your first club um I don't remember technically my first club, but I would, I guess, consider this uh, kind of like one of my first club experiences. Uh, I played at, um, on 4th Street. It's no longer there. It was 219 West. It was on the corner across from uh, the coffee shop. 
Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. Yes, uh, yes, yes. What's the name of the coffee shop? Halcyon. Halcyon. Across Bad. from Halcyon. Not good. Two nineteen West. <laughs> um, it was on the corner there at the time. It was kind of like a little posh. Blue. Kind of like I had a blue. I don't remember the colors. Okay. So definitely neon. Yeah. But it was kind of like a posh kind mm -hmm. of restauranty yeah. kind of like a uh, place where you know people can kind of eat and they would have music. And that kind of stuff, and, and you're so doing yeah. Funk, or like are you this still was, using? At, you know, at this point I was starting to kind of get, you know, like I had my vinyl collection had been growing where I could do like, you know, uh, like a, a club, you know, downtown. So it was definitely like um, like '90s hip hop, you know, yeah. early you yeah. know 2000s, you know, club hip hop, right. and like maybe a little bit of funk or so. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that was like one of my you know first kind of like experiences. And then the Aside from that, kind of like the more regular thing, uh, like the first kind of like opportunity that I had like regularly was um, Plush on um, Thursdays when DJ Tots had his, I think it was called uh, Throwback with DJ Tots or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and he was, and he kind of gave me like uh, essentially kind of my, my first opportunity oh, to really tots. like get like on, you know, because he had heard me. Because actually for one of the community-based things, I had reached out to him because at that point, you know, Tots was like literally, you know, one of the, the most like exciting, yeah. like most amazing DJs uh, in town. Yeah. And uh, and I reached out to him, you know, to come and do like this fundraiser for this like community event. Yeah. Um, and I think I opened maybe like for him or something like yeah. that or whatever. And he was like, hey, you know, he was always just really cool and he really was. chill. Yeah. He, he was like, like hey, very you know, pro. you should bring some records and, you know, play, you know, sometime. So and I was like, really? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, like I would open up. You know, uh, and so I would, you know, roll in there. He was using um, Serato already at the time, and I was rolling up with, like, a crate, you know, of, yeah, yeah. of records and stuff. Right. And that was really, like, the first, like, you know, uh, person, you know, who really kind of gave me, you know, the, the opportunity and kind of, like, you know, some of the, the, the crucial kind of experience. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely kind of takes some time for you to be out in front of people. Tatsu, you know, again, like, uh, he is Raman Tatsuya, one of your favorite if not your favorite uh, ramen shops in town. So, so What's good. your order there? Um, I always just go with the original. Yeah, just kinda, can't yeah. beat it. I do yeah. the sukumen now. Like it took me a long time to build up there. And now I can't get away from it. Like that's just like you pour the little sauce on it, <laughs> serve the noodles. It's so good. So you're doing. I remember like also for a minute, you know, catching up with you after you left Apple. And now you're full on DJing, and and your other side gig was mixing for Star Date on co-op and PR, which I was like, shut up because I love was, Star Date. So. Well, it was Earth Sky, so it was, Earth it was very okay. similar to yeah. Stardate. Uh, it was it was called Earth Sky, and so yeah, we we were syndicated uh, throughout the country on NPR stations. Yeah, and it was all you know they would interview scientists. And, you know, I was doing you know stuff with like you know Tots and stuff, and getting into like there was like a few kind of like underground like hip hop shows like I would play at mm -hmm. you know at the time, and then I would say like the next kind of like opportunity that came uh, my way is uh, was B Boy City. Yeah. And um, whenever I uh, had finished, uh, I had actually worked at uh, Johnson High School, which, mm -hmm. which was um, uh, a high school on the east side. What were you doing there? Um, I was doing an after-school program there. And so but through that after-school program, it was through Cine Las Americas. Mm -hmm. And they were tied in with uh, Romeo and B-Boy City. And they had 
uh, like a b-boy b-girl class I did after school with with that also I did Martin Ele- uh, middle school and I was teaching them how to break dance that was funny I think so I- that was kind of like how yeah. I got like introduced and kind of like met you know like uh, mostly Romeo Romeo was kind of like the main one uh, that was going it was Romeo Santos uh, Recon mm. Um, love recon. And, Salt of the earth. and so then, I'll, yeah, love recon. Um, and, you know, and, and at that point I was just like fully like into like, you know, hip hop underground culture. Of course. And so, you know, they were having b-boy cities. And so I would go and, you know, like kind of volunteer-esque, like just kind of go, like I would also like take some of the, the kids in the after school program, kind of chaperone them, you know, there and stuff. I'm going to cry. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I was just like really around it. I was just like amazed. My mind was like blown and I was yeah. just like really impressed. And, you know, then I kind of started to like learn, you know, like the ins and outs of like, you know, DJing like b-boy events. Right. And so I was funk, like practicing like, there's, funk. There's, yeah. Doing breaks and funk, it's difficult like, to blend any of that, right? So like, yeah. if you're doing for a b-boy battle, you need to, you can't do like, oh, next record now. You have to figure out a way in because the dancers are going. They can't just be like, hold on, he's changing records. I got to wait for a second. And be like, no, you got to like keep going in. Yeah. And so like that's also upgrading your mixing and blending ears and skills. Yeah, well, and that that was uh you know like a huge kind of like another way to kind of like just develop you know my 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 skills and stuff and it was you know hard because uh, then too like you know B-Boy City and them they were like who's this because they, <laughs> they had they had they their always, DJs you know they, they, they had their DJs at the time girl they and were so, asking me like they've been asking me who am I since I fucking got here in 2006 <laughs> like who's this bitch they were like you know who she looks like she looks like the fucking chick in the Mitsubishi commercial doing this and I was like. <laughs> Maybe I did. That. It was it was a tough crowd. It, it was, was a, a really crowd. tough crowd. And w- finally, like one day, they're like, "Hey, you know, like there was an event at uh, Rudamaya RIP. Right, right, right. Uh, they had like some like it wasn't like a full on competition, but just like a jam or something. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, you know, why don't you like bring some records or whatever, and you know, like we'll see." Like also and that criticism too, like that made me better as a dancer, and like that like makes because you, you're like the all eyes on you type shit. Yeah. So that like keeps increasing your skill set. Yeah, and so at that point, like the uh, the pressure of it was built up, mm-hmm. and so I was like, wow, I finally got this chance, and so I have to like, you know, I have to do well, I have to like impress them, right. and you know, I did I did well enough that they were that, like they they liked my set, and you know they had me back, and then I kind of started to get a little bit more involved, and then you know. Um, maybe like a year or two down the line, you know, it was like, all right, like you're like, you know, the official, like, uh, baby G was kind of like, uh, retiring, kind of like transitioning, uh, out of like, uh, DJing as much. And, uh, and Rome was like, yeah, you know, like you're, you know, the B-Boy City DJ now, you know, like, so for like the jams and all that other stuff, you know, I was, I was like, you know, uh, part of it. And, and yeah, so that was kind of like the next kind of like big, you know, uh, uh, opportunity to kind of like develop my my skills and improve myself I, you played for i did an event at rudamaya you played for me did you did i you dj'd for me there yeah i think so i think yeah, so right because it so. was a, i had the wheel spin of different genres mm-hmm. and i made people like dance yeah, to yeah, yeah, genre yeah, yeah. That was. and like yeah that was a fun event i like made it my brother actually made this wheel for me and i would spin it and if it was like okay we have funk and we have like hip-hop then the people had to like do that thing and like make sure that they're matching the beat to that and then we also traveled to a San Antonio mm-hmm. event. Like to the different jams and the B-Boy right. events and stuff. Was that the event where Recon and my homegirl Pebbles, like they were up against each other in the last battle? I don't know if you remember this. It's like one of my favorite, fondest memories. And it's like Recon and Pebbles and they're, they're, they're the final round and they're like going for the title. 
and somebody spins a Michael Jackson track. Uh, I don't remember this. And they're battling each other, and they both are also extraordinarily like Pebbles is like ballroom trained salsa. Recon's dope ass salsa dancer and they're battling each other and then a track comes on and they start dancing with each other and we're like, yo, <laughs> like they're like literally like do we fucking like everything we're like, hey, it's a competition. We don't know how we don't know how to score this right now. Get back to your side. <laughs> that was an amazing time. But yeah, we traveled, we did some like we did some breakdancing events, and then from there, long I told you, it's a journey. Uh Peligrosa is next, right? After that? Um, let me see. Actually, no. Uh we started Body Rock. I started I started Body Rock with Riders Against the Storm. Okay. So what um, was your conceptualization for Body Rock? What was so, what drew you in? Well, so at at the time uh leading up to Body Rock, that was whenever uh the do-over uh that was based in <sighs> based in LA uh Great was party doing a lot of, they had a lot of, of their, uh, they would archive a lot of their sets like on their blog, mm -hmm. like on their blog spot, blog spot, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and you know, me like coming up like as a DJ, like they had like so many like DJs that I looked up to mm -hmm. and introduced me to a lot of DJs that I, I started to, uh, really follow and just really like admire and, and be inspired by. Um, and, you know, I would listen to the mixes and essentially like the concept of, you know, of, of the mixes of the do-over sets was, you know, there would be DJs playing and there would be, there was like a few rotating hosts and they would kind of, you know, interact with what the DJ was doing and also interact with, uh, with the crowd and kind of just really kind of help to like solidify and kind of set like the tone of the party. And I always really just loved, loved that dynamic. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, w through B-Boy City, like there was, a, you know, those elements like were there. Um, but that was definitely kind of like more on like, you know, a B-Boy vibe. And this was more just kind of like a general kind of like party. Loose, and yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I was, you know, kind of like doing like a few things at different clubs here and there and, you know, still working and, you know, uh, full time and stuff. And, um, uh, James Taylor, uh, who uh, had just started uh, managing at that point, mm -hmm. um, Plush. Yeah. And, you know, we had met each other through, you know, mutual friends, you know, actually when we were both in, in college. Uh, and, you know, had to kind of been acquaintances and friends, you know, as, you know, we were like getting into nightlife. Yeah. And, uh, and he reached out to me and he was like, hey, Eddie, you know, I have... An opportunity for you if you want to have a if you want to start a monthly and this was going to be like my first monthly you know it was like hey if you want a monthly you know have second wednesdays at yep. plush and i was like oh cool and i was like let me think on it and you know i had just met riders against the storm mm -hmm. riders against the storm that is who i started body rock with yeah. if you know you're not familiar and they had just moved into town they had only been to austin like literally like a month right and we had met and i had seen them perform with a live band before and I really just love their energy and so in my brain you know I was like oh shit like what if you know I don't have to carry the burden of doing this party you know by myself I love what they do I can you know focus like on the music and just try and be like really kind of like dynamic and interesting and then we'll kind of like have this whole kind of like thing back and forth or whatever and I pitched it to them. I was like, hey, do y'all want to like start doing this party? They've been in Austin like a month. Like they were looking to like make, you know, leave their mark. You right. know, like they were here to do music. Yeah. And they were like, 
Hell yes. Energy. Like, let's go. Yes. And that was essentially like how Body Rock started. Yeah. Was, was that. So it was second, you know, uh, second Wednesdays at Plush for about a year. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was definitely rough. <laughs> <laughs> Especially um, plush being so small. So plush being so small. Very, very tiny venue. It is no longer plush, but it is on the corner of 7th and Red River. I forget what it's called now, but it's a lounge. Go in there, though, if you're interested at all to understand like what the history was. It's like a up. shotgun. It is definitely mm, a shotgun. Like yeah, rectangle. you go in. And imagine also being in this club, like because again, Tots, Tatsu, Ramen Tatsuya, is on Saturday nights. We had, you know, Table Manners crew, which is Dirty Harry, Dig, Kellen. Tatsu and then Crown also came in at some point uh, towards the end, but break dancing in there. So you're this pack, <laughs> this club is packed, and we're also break dancing in the back, and like that's again like cutting your teeth on like these, you know, trying to make sure that your skills are you know fine tuned in these difficult situations is trying to break dance in literally a space that's like this. I don't know if you can see the coffee table, but I mean like I mean it's, yeah, it's a fucking five foot diameter yeah. situation. Um, and grateful for it, right? And like James Taylor as well, also just being so connected in nightlife in Austin. I rode bikes with his wife. We did the Wednesday night ladies ride with fast folks at my friend Natalie in the shop. And we would rampage the entire city. Like we would just get <laughs> wasty face 5,000 and like cruise like 20 girls at least on bikes, like mobbing 20 mile rides at night and then going to like Dirty Bills or like Plush and like <laughs> doing like three car bombs and like three pints and being like, get on my bike and drive. I don't recommend it. I'm not, I don't, that time is over. We're very conscious now. We don't do that. Um, oh, so I'm doing Lyft and I was talking to uh, this, this, these uh, three dudes I picked up at um, Hotel Vegas, no, Voldstead. They're in the back and I guess it was Friday night. And I, I guess there's a dude back there that DJs also like disco. They said it was like power disco that he, they, I haven't been there. Um, but we brought up Body Rock because I was uh, like, do y'all ever go to Sahara Lounge, right? Because that's where Body Rock is, is currently is now. being mm -hmm. held, right? And they're like, oh, this guy one of the, in my front seat, he was like, yes. Like, he was like, I fucking love that. He's like, it's total sweat fest. Um, all the stuff. And the two guys in the back hadn't been there. And they were like, he was like, it's far east. The guy was like, far east side. And they were like, like how far east, like fucking like, I forget what it was, but it was not far enough. It was like end of six is where they mentioned okay. it. And they were like, no, bitch, <laughs> no. you haven't seen this part of Austin yet. And it was like, I was like, are they still giving like free rice and beans? Because I used to do that back yeah, in the day. Yeah, still making beans. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Eileen, Eileen's still cooking it up. Dude, mm -hmm. you can go go to Sahara, go to Body Rock, get your, get there early because the beans will run out, but she will feed you some nice, you get a bowl of beans you go outside for a little joint, dude. Big one too. It's, I mean, it, it's family. It's soul. It's, it's. You know, if you're looking for connectivity and you're looking, if you're, uh, I think best, if anything, if you're new to Austin and you're like, I'm trying to get in and understand what Austin is and what people love about this town because people come here for live music, right? Like that's the thing that draws them in. I think still, I hope. Um, but the body rock party is like one of those things. I feel like. It's body rock and what Kellen does on Fridays at uh, at Barbarella too. Like those are the number one things. Those are two things that whenever I'm out and about and like I'm around people I don't hang out with and they mention it, it's those two parties yeah. for sure that are staples in town. And oh, it's yeah. it's great. It's like the thing that I was talking about with Mez in our interview where it's like when I see the flyer, when I see the videos, when I see the photos, you know, obviously when I'm there or like, you know, I know I'm home. Right, like in an ever-changing city, um, 
and especially when I'm in my own traffic, I'm like, this fucking town, I can't get anyone. I've, you know, it's changed so much. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I'll see like a Mez piece. And I'm like, I'm still home. Like, these yeah. are still my fucking place. I still love this fucking town. Um, so again, thank you for all of that. Thank him. Thank him. And <laughs> so, okay, so now we're doing Body Rock and eventually you, you get into Peligrosa as well, right? You're yeah, a few Rock years after, Peligro- or after Body Rock started. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, at, at that point, point you know um leading up to the body rock uh was making the the progression and getting more into um essentially like cumbia records and mm-hmm. and you know all different kinds of like afro afro latin rhythms and stuff so just musically i was just like really uh you You're know expanding, expanding and each stuff level, right and you know um i was getting you know booked for you know different you know like showcases or, or parties or events that were more, you know, like, you know, like cumbia centric, Latin music centric. Um, and, uh, I believe, um, friend Alba, she booked a show at beauty bar mm-hmm. and this was kind of one of the, the, still in the beginning stages, like for me. Uh, and she, you know, booked me and then also Peligrosa as well. And that was kind of like when I met, you know, met them like at, in the DJ like kind of context and, uh, and yeah. What was that there? Because again, El Paso, like, you know, very strong is going to be there. I mean, like we're, we're Tejano, like we're always going to have the cumbia, like no matter what, especially like 90s Tejano, fucking golden era Tejano, <laughs> dude, fucking so good. Um, you know, do you, was that early on in your life? Yeah, it was, you know, like at the quinceañeras and the bodas and the weddings and stuff. Like, right. you know, I would definitely, you know, hear it. Um, and Were you dancing also? You're like Theo's like, uh, come and dance with me. They, I, was, I was like really shy. So yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to dance. So they were, you know, like, it was more <laughs> like, like my older cousins. They'd be like, come yeah. on, you know, yeah. dance and stuff. Um, and so it was just, it was like around. Um, and kind of, I, I, I would say I was kind of started to explore it more like myself because you know before you kind of like it's around you kind of take it for granted it's like in the background I kind of started to like you know look more into it and and learn more uh like actively uh like like in high school and Mm -hmm. and college Mm -hmm. and stuff and kind of started to expand as you move away from your family too you're like I kind of miss that you're bringing you're now bridging back over into like your your kind of your roots and then coming in so you're actually like now all over and you do even like Coconut Club, you know, you're doing house, you know, like there as well, which is, you know, like four on the floor. I mean, people are like, it's simple, but you got to be a good selector and like going to see you spin there. And I'm all like, I know, I'm like, hey, look at this dick. <laughs> um, what, do, what do you think you've learned during like each one of these stages? Can you, can you recall any of the learnings like as you're going through and like that are like poignant to you? Um... You know, I, I think uh, it's always just kind of been essentially uh, uh, like just becoming more expansive, like just kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, because I think like when I started, started like early on, I was very like narrow and focused, like in one specific like kind of scene, which was like the underground kind of like backpack hip hop right. scene. Uh, and then with time, you know, it kind of and. I had a lot of, you know, like opinions or, or thoughts about like, you know, like people, like, like people, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like people partying and dancing and what, what kind of music is it really and, and that kind of thing. Right. And so I think like each of those kind of iterations, you know, just kind of like, you know, helped to kind of like expand. I mean, with, you know, B-Boy City, it was, you know, uh, just like 
learning how to be, you know, pretty like technical and and being able to respond quickly to what's going on uh, and learning like a lot of like uh, about like, you know, deep dive into like funk and and soul and, and all of that. And um, and meanwhile, like say something like body rock, for example, was like uh, like getting people to dance and like party yeah. and like feel good and also like interact because uh, Riders Against the Storm, the, the MCs and hosts of Body Rock, they're very uh, like they're a cru- crucial part of the of the party, uh, and so I play off of them like yeah, a lot. Yeah, um, You know, when uh, I was in Peligrosa, I was definitely starting to dive more into and and get more into like you know, cumbia and, and, uh, and just all the different like Afro-Latin like kind of mm-hmm. rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's always, I feel like it's all kind of like built, you know, yeah. on, 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 on each other. It's like, it's been building blocks and, um, and, and ultimately, you know, it just, you know, kind of, uh, I, I, I stopped being like, so like, uh, um, narrow-minded, mm-hmm, you know, about mm-hmm. how, like, my opinions and my thoughts on music. I mean, I still have, you know, like, you know, whether it's underground or, like, super rare or whatever, like, I still have the appreciation and love for that. Right. Uh, but that doesn't, like, negate or, like, make me, it, it doesn't, like, it, it doesn't only define me, you yeah. know? I mean, there's, like, a lot of, like, pop music, you know, that, like, I like and right. that work for me, like, as a DJ. And, um, because I have so many different things, I never have to do the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah. I'm never, I'm, I'm not really resentful, like, of the music that I play, you know. Um, I have some, you know, DJ colleagues where, you know, they kind of play, like, the same genre, like, kind of over and over, or the same kind of, like, playlist, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, and they kind of, like, hate, you know, like, yeah. the music they play in a way. Right. Um, for me, that that's not the case because, you know, I, I never really kind of, uh, it's always changing, you know, right. there's always a different kind of vibe, a different yeah. kind of party because I, 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 luckily, you know, it's, I just have such a, a, a broad range of, you know, yeah. what, uh, what I do and ultimately I always try and bring, you know, my, my style and, and, and my skills to that, you know, mm-hmm. those genres or those parties. You know, comedians talk about this too, you know, as they're coming up the scene, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and, um, they talk about their, you know, development of their sets and how there's still people that they've like, you know, they will go back to the clubs where they were doing their open mics or whatever. And there's still people who are in there and they're doing like the same set. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately there's a part of this. I mean, there's so many factors that brings you into your development, but confidence is a main one. And going back to when I first met you to who you are now, you know, still genuine lovely person yeah you know but the confidence also you know has just grown and when you have that and you allow yourself to break the barriers and break the bounds and try you know the confidence like oh shit i did that yeah you know like it comes in and i think for me in 2017 i remember like having this tumultuous time and like getting out of like a long-term relationship and like switching you know, like companies I was working for and figuring out where I am. And like the one thing setting my intention for is like to have more confidence in myself and what I was doing and know that I, like, I have that. Um, and I feel like, you know, was that ever like a conversation that you had with yourself to be like, to look in the mirror and be like, fuck, I'm like taxi driver. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't have a, like, you know, a specific memory of it, but yeah, yeah I think so. Because I mean, I, as I was, you know, developing and, and, uh, and, you know, getting better as a DJ, it was also like, 
all right, like what is your kind of like presence and, mm -hmm. and what is, you know, like, right, right. you know, what is your, your, your vibe, you know, because initially yeah, like I was very much just like looking down like on the records and just like focus and just like, you know, tunnel vision and just, right. you know, in, in a way that was kind of like, um, like the easy thing to do mm -hmm. is like, not mm -hmm. like look up and be like, right. oh, like there's all these people here and they're right. looking at me. Right. Uh, and it definitely, you know, was a, a process of kind of like getting, you know, uh, comfortable kind of mm -hmm. like in that. And then once, you know, that kind of started to hit and once that kind of started to make sense, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty liberating yeah. uh, because, you know, the, the things that uh, would kind of take up space in my mind when I was actually DJing, like, they weren't there, you yeah. know? Um, and like, for example, like Body Rock is, you know, a, a prime example of that. It's just like, you know, the, the crowd is like in the palm of our hands, you know, you're in the flow state, and so right. you're just like, kind of like going with it and, you know, and there's still like, I'm still a very like technical minded DJ. Uh, you know, I don't ever, you know, use sync or, you know, do any of those kind of things at all. Like it's all always like live and it's always like organic. Uh, but like just getting really like comfortable like in it and just being able like to do it and, and having fun and you know like right. and partying with people and dancing with, with people like it's not from easy behind to the, be able to combine decks. those things like you said yeah. you're coming up and like i fucking gotta make sure this is matching yeah. and now you're like in that flow state where you're able to like bring in the community and body rock you know is like that and i think that you know to a degree actually like you know i would say what it is when you're in subculture or when you're especially like in the nightlife that's specific to an intentional setting, right? Like I believe that it is, we always say, oh, it was church. You know, we do that with mm -hmm. table medical, this is church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's blessing. Like when I dance, you know, I feel like that is me praying to the people in the earth. Um, I, you know, and I feel like that that's like part of like getting into that trance, right? You're, you're in there and you're like, you're touched in with the people and you're, you're bringing it to them. We obviously also know that people can sometimes just, I mean, to be a musician, it is kind of a masturbation of sorts. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, you watch a drummer, straight up cum face. Yeah. But you know, you can tell when it's someone's very doing hedonistic, it for them. Like exactly. Yeah. Right. You can tell yeah. when someone's doing it just for themselves versus mm -hmm. when they're doing that for the people. Mm -hmm. And you also come with a social socialist background. <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, like having that is you've always had this thing for the people. When do you think, you know, if you go to school for that, I, I feel like this is, you know, being for the people is something that you've always been, but can you recall like where you were like, consciously being like no i'm fucking for la raza i'm fucking for the people like for the earth um i mean I, you know i i think uh it, it kind of for you know i don't know exact well i guess part of it was growing up in the panhandle and you know being uh, a minority there you know where i was uh you know like i would hear things i would see things uh directed at other people or myself uh, and it just never really, you know, would sit right with me, right. you know, and that's always, has, that's always kind of like been there. Um, and you know, it's always, you know, and so whenever I went like to college or whatever, other people that had, you know, kind of similar dispositions, like that's what Finding I was your attracted tribe. to. Right. Exactly. And so then it just, it's always just kind of been, 
you know, kind of like a, you know, it's a your thing calling. Where it kind of, it's it's yeah. within you, right? Like it's a cosmic universal situation, but it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. I do feel like we're attracted to obviously who we, the things that, you know, resonate with us. And I also believe that there is a, you know, I don't want to say a God's plan, but there is a thing where, you know, I believe there's like a, a cross pollination of short, sorts that is essential to humanity where it's like, let you, we need to have these people do specific things and roles in their life. And again, like I believe in free will and I believe it, you know, like, and all And this. then also like from my, in my perspective, like you also need to have fun. Like at the same time, you also 100%, need to recharge. 100%. And so I all hope. those things, you know, like it's not necessarily about being, you know, restrictive. Right. Uh, it's about, you know, like embracing like all those things. The freedom of letting go. The freedom right? of letting go and, and having fun and knowing how to like, you know, enjoy yourself. And, and part of that is right. like dancing and part of that is music. And then you add yeah. that with like an experience with other people. Uh, and you know, if, if you don't have anything to, you know, kind of recharge your battery, you know, mm -hmm. like that's, cause that, you have to honor that you, space. you can't do, you know, if you're, you know, an activist or you're doing, you know, like, um, uh, like, uh, socially conscious, like type of work, Being like you're going to be, you're going to be, you know, drained, Absolutely. you know? And right. so that's definitely always kind of been you know, like kind of theirs and, right. and, you know, with, uh, body rock and with, you know, Roz, Riders Against the Storm, you know, that's always kind of been like a big thing and definitely, you know, have, uh, have seen it, you know, kind of firsthand because, um, you know, they, they definitely kind of bring, uh, the, this idea of like, yes, like, like parties are like, when we think of our parties, it's kind of like the bastard child of ceremony. And it's like, we are having fun, like, hey, like, you know, someone's, like, you know, twerking on stage or whatever, and, right. like, you know, or someone's, you know, like, uprocking on stage if they have, you know, like, a b-boy, b-girl background or whatever, um, and all of that fits, and all of that, like, is good, like, for, you know, for, for them and however they do it, and nothing yeah. is wrong with anyone, and there isn't, and there isn't, like, a, a judgment of, like, oh, okay, well, you know, like, the, the b-boy up rock is, you know, like more respected than like, you know, someone like twerking. Right. Like, no, right. like no. that's not it. Like, and so, and that's what I mean is, you know, for me when I was starting, you know, it was, I was just so like, oh, like these are the principles of hip hop and mm -hmm. this is this and mm -hmm. da, 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 and just so focused on those things. And it's just, it kind of like expanded where it's like, okay, it, it's, it's, it's not such like a, a black and white thing and there's not so much like judgment, you know, right. like about it. To continue on, because I know we've been, we've, we've been in it for a minute and we're almost going to run out of time, but where did Chorizo Funk come from? So, uh, Chorizo Funk, uh, so that wasn't my first DJ name. Uh, my first DJ name, uh, which speaks to the uh, underground hip-hop vibe that I was on, was originally E.B. Low. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and that was as, you know, starting to kind of like, you know, looking to kind of like, expand beyond what I was doing and I like, do like more things and like you know EB Low is just you know like in my opinion you know and, and like at the time I didn't have the words for it but I, I felt it it just felt like too like boxed in it just felt mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. like specific you know I mean right. okay if I'm going to do this kind of set or that kind of set like EB Low like it, it just felt like like when I first claimed that name like it felt good and then after time like it felt like corny right and so 
already before even I, I chose Evie Lowe, uh, me and uh, a friend, we had a joke uh, and we kind of used this idea of chorizo funk. It was just like a concept. It was just like this idea that could mean whatever you wanted to. It could right. be like, oh yeah, like this, you know, little, you know, bar in South Texas with like a dusty jukebox. Like that's some chorizo funk right there. <laughs> oh, like I ate some bad water burger and damn, I got chorizo funk. It was just like this funny, like, joke that could just mean yeah. you know whatever you know we wanted to and obviously like us you know being uh from like a mexican background like we would just find so many different ways to like yeah. you know think of it or whatever and so it was just like a joke it was yeah. just always funny um and i was like looking to change my name you know and i just wasn't couldn't think of you know like hey like what would it be and so my uh ex at the time was like why don't you use chorizo funk, you know? And I was like, no, like, that's a joke. Like, that's not serious. Like, yeah. you know, me and, and the friends, we had been, you know, messing around with it. And then for a little bit, like, after, you know, I, I thought about it for a while and I was like, oh, actually, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, at that time it was like, oh, you know, like th there's just multiple elements and, and it's, it's a really kind of ambiguous, like, kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think in terms of, like, identity and, and name and and all that stuff like I, I think it it's been really perfect and i feel honestly that it has helped me a lot in terms of like figuring out a lot of these different things and fitting into like different circles and right. and and uh and I, I didn't get like pigeonholed by having like the super like technical like kind of like dj culture like right. name you know right, it was right, just right. like this really like you know, some people think it's a band. Some think, people think it's a food truck. Some people think, you know, some people Love. take it like phallic and they're yeah. like that way. It's like, oh, like it's sexual. Like some people, you know, think like it has something to do with like digestive issues, you know? Like <laughs> there's just so many like things, yeah. you know? And, and, and it, it's... It, it's kind of perfect. It's kind of perfect. I love, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, um, you know, what's your... Do you have a favorite brand of Tradiso? Um, I don't really. Uh, I do love, it's not a specific brand, but as a style, mm -hmm. there's chorizo verde, which is, and there's, you don't get it too much, like in Texas. Yeah. But, like, I do love some chorizo yeah. verde. Anyway. I get San Miguel. It's good. But it's also the funny thing is that I didn't realize that was the name because I'd always pick by the package design. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is what we had at home. And then, like, I was like, whenever I go to the chorizo, like, section, I was like, Fuck, which one is it again? And I had to like just pick like the colors and the logo, and I was like, San Miguel. Okay, like remember that. <laughs> so it's easier for you. So you're looking at all the chorizos and like <laughs> accidentally grab the link that's not packaged with styrofoam, which like not good for the earth, but still very good chorizo. Uh, okay, so do you remember like the song that sparked everything for you, like when you were a kid? you know, maybe or like even later on in life, like what awoke you to the culture of, of music? Um. Not specifically. I mean, I can remember, you know, some of my first, uh, some of my, my first, you know, faves, uh, yeah. for sure. Which were they? Uh, I have very vivid memories of loving Crisscross. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. I wanted, excuse me, I wanted to wear my pants backwards, you know. Totally. Yeah, I think, I think cool. my brother like, definitely did so one day. Cool. I think I did one day, you yeah. Know, I was yeah. like, I would say, I think it was the summer of... Maybe it was summer of 92 or 91. And, and so it's not specifically like a song, but that was definitely kind of like as I kind of started to develop my own tastes. Mm -hmm. And in that summer, 
uh, I was with my, uh, I was spending a lot of time with my cousins on my dad's side of the family. And we were glued to MTV that summer. Of course. And so it was just like. Good time for MTV. Um, it was like, uh, like um, a Humpty Dance. Yeah. And it was uh, like, what else? It was like Rob Bass, yep. uh, DJ Easy Rocky Takes Two. And yep. just like all like the energy and the mm -hmm. kind of like that era. And then to um, Melo Manes, mm -hmm. oh uh, Mentirosa, and yeah. Kid Frost, La yeah. Raza. Where oh, it was absolutely. like, oh, like here is like, 100%. you know, the, the, the like kind of like. Yeah. the Latino kind of like of representation right. and lighter shades of brown. And it was kind of like that summer where it was just like, I was kind of starting to kind of like develop, you know, my own kind of like taste yeah. of, of watching your, your MTV raps. Fucking um, so good. And it was, it was kind of like all those kind of songs, like all that kind of like year. Was Absolutely. Just like you. Do you hope something changes or grows for Austin nightlife culture, Austin's culture in general? Maybe something that you just like are have been thinking and pining over, or anything that you've seen in other cities that you're like, fuck, we need some of that. Um, I would say most recently, uh, I uh, was booked in uh, Miami uh, to play Dante's Hi-Fi out oh, there, shit. which is um, essentially like an audiophile listening bar uh, that's uh, curated by uh, Rich Medina. Uh, he's like the the music uh, programmer there. Um, and you know, I, I played with him. Oh my God. Yeah, it was me, him, and then this DJ from Dallas, 5D, uh, and it was us three. And Rich opened and then let us, like, you know, play like the for the rest of the night. And just having like that experience oh there. <laughs> and you know, and, and you know, it, it's it's on you know the, the audio file, hi fi, like kind of thing. Uh, and so it was like all vinyl, you know, like this is, so you're is back to fucking bringing it back around you yeah, and shit, which right. you have, um, what we talked about, like the tech. Yeah. What and so it was this, um, a lot of like, kind of like disco, like funk boogie, like a lot of just, you know, a pretty wide range of stuff. And, you know, just kind of having that experience there where it was just like, you know, people, one, it was a setting where, you know, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, and so I would love to have more clubs in Austin that have that, you know, experience. And yeah. then two, you know, it's a pretty, um, what's the right word? I, I guess a pretty high profile operation in terms of like, you know, like the budget and, you know, the people that are going through there and just everything is just like self-sustaining, like kind of like, mm -hmm. like entity versus like just, you know, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, a bar that is just like scraping to yeah. get by and barely like paying right. their talent right. or whatever right. and is it, appreciation. talent is are disposable and that kind of thing it's it's like that's kind of like the, the cornerstone and it seems like you know they've been able to kind of build uh you know the, this whole kind of like model around like these things that are like for the culture right and it's really like awesome and there is a, a dante's uh, in austin right um, and there are a few other, um, uh, there is, uh, I haven't been there yet, but I, I do believe, uh, Howard's yeah. is another club that's yeah. kind of going kind I of in a similar there, which direction. Is crazy because right. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that MoMA, you know, like, I think that's like one of the good things about the growth is that what you're talking about here is the investment and the intention of, you know, promoting the, the culture and, and, and enriching it. There have been those spots, right? That have come through. I saw Mark Farina at Dante's Hi-Fi down here. I mm -hmm. saw MoMA, who I didn't realize. I was like, nobody really knows who MoMA is. 
here, I thought. And here I yeah. am watching him after like, you know, collecting his like his records and shit. And I don't think that I would have really had that, even like with Eternal especially too, you know, like that they're bringing in, you know, Berlin Techno and like yeah. these other DJs. And, and yeah, and, and like uh, Eternal is another great example of yeah. kind of like that, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I would love to kind of see, you know, and, and I'm hopeful that, you know, more of those things kind of, uh, you know, like are successful and, and grow here. So it doesn't, you know, like I, I would love... Uh, for Austin, like music-wise and DJ culture-wise, to uh, to feel like a bigger city. Yeah. You know, like obviously there's some great things about you know Austin kind of being like a small city, um, but it would be great like to kind of you know have you know that that kind of growth because there are those pockets you know kind yep. of here, and yeah. so I would love for them to be you know successful and and self-sustaining and uh, to have more of them. I mean, it's the live music capital of the world like why are you shutting down the venues like and I, but you know again the hopefulness of having these pop up because you know again like comedians from like Tom Segura lives here you know like we always you know Joe Rogan lives here and I think that like Chappelle was coming here for a minute but they're opening up the clubs to support it and like so are musicians Rich Medina to do rich for Rich for Rich Medina Philly born bred and raised right I, I believe he's, he's definitely the Philly, Philly DJ yeah. yep to say I'm gonna throw this in Miami and in Austin is a huge honor to have and it's so fucking crazy after hearing about I'm gonna cry again like okay after hearing about the journey that we talked about and to know that like you just recently went and he selected you to go there yeah. and fucking play yeah like that's I'm so happy about yeah. it I'm so happy. like it's so weird to be like I'm proud of you because like I didn't raise you but like <laughs> like, like I am like I'm just oh, you know like you. um well so then essentially like for myself in terms of like where I've kind of gotten to where I'm now um I guess about six or so years ago uh i started to connect with my queerness and that was like its own journey but it didn't it translated to djing and so that's been really like crucial in terms of like me becoming like who i am now because yeah. like that's just like a whole nother like dance floor you know it's a whole nother place it's a whole nother like you know music it's a whole nother history that you know, me being, you know, the student of DJing and the student of music and being very kind of like technical and always trying to like learn stuff. It yeah. was like, oh, like here's this whole other world that, you know, has, you know, it, its own kind of like um, ins and outs. And and that has been crucial for me because now like it's it's like such a broad like kind of thing. So I've it's been really great for me to like expand, you know, beyond just like predominantly like straight parties and events right? and dance floors yes. and um because you know it there's it's a whole nother experience uh and it's rightfully so and it's needed uh and to be in a place you know where where you know queer people can like be themselves and express themselves because like music and bars and clubs are such like a refuge Yep. And, yes. uh, and it's just really amazing to, you know, like be part of that and to learn all of that. And so, yeah, like I've been, you know, doing stuff like, uh, for, you know, all, um, most of the, the queer, like, uh, events and parties and organizations like here in town and also like, you know, uh, other places outside of Boston. And, um, and it's just kind of like helps, I, I think for myself to one kind of like, you know, make me a more well-rounded, you know, like DJ. Yep. And it's also just 
you know, been a big part of like, like who I am and to like kind of like tap into it in that way mm -hmm. uh, has been really, really like amazing. And this is bringing back also to the, you know, the top of conversation of saying, you know, like, again, the refuge, the blessing, the ceremony, yeah. the, you know, like understanding that oppressed cultures have always found their way with music and going back into like, you know, the theory about, you know, I have with humanity and being like our first language was most likely dance and music before we learned how to form words. And so, you know, just going back to like the refuge of it all, like, you know, your queerness is a whole other refuge for you because mm -hmm. you're being able to expand into a further parts of you. Mm -hmm. And how am I going? <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's def it's definitely challenging uh, in certain aspects, uh, but like in terms of like fulfillment, in terms of like connecting, in terms of like having a community, like it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're branching out and there's like that openness and acceptance because you know, when we're talking about the his your, your history up until now, you, that is very masculine. Driven. Yeah, very, very straight, very yeah. masculine, very boys club yeah. kind of thing. And that's why, you know, there's, you know, things that, you know, I used to be part of that, you know, I'm no longer a part of, right, you know, because right, right. it just, it, it was kind of, it, it felt, you know, counter to that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was just, as I was, you know, figuring things out for myself, it, it felt very glaring. It was like, mm -hmm. oh shit, like this is not serving me anymore. This is not for me What anymore. was the click where you, you know, you, I feel as if, you know, when we're coming upon certain realizations like this, it's almost like this overlap of like when you're mixing two records right like they're beginning to come in before they actually ride and groove with each other and you're like i'm getting signal there's only i can manage it for you and you can tell me about the experience but i'm imagining you know these signals coming in like hey maybe you want to remember the query like i don't know and then there's like you know the other kind of part of your life that you know and then it's like when when was that click of you accepting the queerness um i, I think it was like a, a gradual thing but definitely kind of like you know growing up like there wasn't like it was such a like rigid world, yeah. you know, and it was just like, okay, like I'm this way, just like everybody else. And I'm, you know, like, you know, my peers and my family or whatever, whatever. And, you know, you just, I didn't really like, you know, think about it. It just didn't seem, it, it just seemed like everyone is, is this way. So yeah, you know, and it wasn't till like way later that it was like, you know, oh, wait a minute, like, hold up. And, but that's like a whole different experience of like, you know, going into it, like stepping into it, you know, because yeah. I think yeah. probably there's a lot of, you know, moments or, you know, for numerous people, like maybe they might have, you know, like some kind of like epiphany or some kind of thought, but then they just kind of like, you know, took it away. Condition like, themselves whatever. to not, you know, right. I, I have this life, I have I these things other. and, right. and, you know, things are good and, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, you know, and, and so like when I look back, I was like, oh yeah, okay. That kind of makes more sense, you know, like, yeah, you know, you know, cause I mean, I, I played sports in high school, right? you know, uh, and I did like all those things, but it was like, yeah, like actually now that I think about it, I was never like, you know, as, you know, competitive as like, you know, this friend or that friend, or I, you know, I didn't, you know, really like, you know, this aspect of it. And, you know, yeah. it always kind of like turned me off a certain way. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, it was just really like, kind of like stepping into it. And, and luckily, you know, I, I had a lot of, um, I, essentially, you know, like mentors, you know, like 
queer mentors that, you know, I was able to, you know, like talk with and, you know, they were very like supportive as I was kind of like stepping into things and figuring yeah, out. So yeah. like a lot of like, uh, a lot of support to yeah. like, you know, figure that out. And, you know, and like I said, yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's been a huge part now yeah. of, of me as a DJ. I love you so much. I love you, <laughs> I love you so too. much, dude. Like, fucking, I'm so happy that I know you. I'm so happy that we had this conversation. I'm so happy for all the conversations we've ever had whenever yeah. I see you, whenever I see you out. Like, it's just like, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and again, like looking over the years and knowing that it's been over a decade, it's going on to the second decade and like mm. how much longer we have. Like, I'm just, I'm again, I'm going to cry. Like, how many times have I almost cried in this interview? Like, four or five times? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I always love uh, when I'm DJing and uh, I see you out and I always know like when you're listening and I'll, you know, put a little something in there for you and Thank to get you. your response Thank and you. to get that, Thank you. That you know, that, that positive, you know, because I think, you know, so many of us, we we love to see people like really, you know, connect and feel the music. And yeah. so like, yeah, I again, always, we're here for church, you know, we're here for that. ceremony. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that is our time. Thank you for tuning in. I didn't fucking give it up for my fucking friend. Dude. Look at my friend. Look at him. All right. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you.